Welcome to the Inspiring You Show, where we shine a light on healing, whole health in our lives. We believe that in healing your story, you can transform your life. We are here to provide hope, tips, tools, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in this journey called life. I'm Henry, an intuitive empath, mindfulness meditation teacher, dowsing and Reiki master teacher, and energy healer. This, my friends, is a vibrational experience, a remembering of the truth of who we are. The content is light encoded to assist you on your journey if you wish to receive for your highest good. Welcome to the show, everyone. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about mindfulness of the body. Mindfulness is an embodied practice. By practicing mindfulness, we learn to live in and through our bodies, through our humans, if you will. Learning to be mindful of bodily experiences is one of the most useful aspects of mindfulness. It is much easier to have a balanced, healthy awareness of the rest of our lives when we are in touch with our immediate physical experience. In other words, when we are present in the presence of the moment. Many people can have challenges with this, and I did for quite a long time. That's right. I would have moments of being amazingly aware and present, and then moments not being so aware and present. And many people also ignore their bodies. The busier a person's life, the easier it is to discount the importance of staying in touch with how the body feels. Many people are attentive to their body in some ways, but it's really from that outside in. That is, they're more concerned about perhaps in terms of appearance or body image, whereas mindfulness of the body is the attention from the inside out. We notice what the body is feeling in and of itself. We give a generous amount of time to be with the felt sense of the body. Not only does this help the body relax, remaining mindful of the body is actually really beneficial because it supports you in safeguarding from getting wound up into mental preoccupations, into, in other words, that monkey mind. So today's subject is about the body and embodiment and paying attention to our physical embodiment experience. And that means like our human, our embodiment of our human experience. Now, one of the most amazing things about the body is that the body is always in the present moment. Take a moment to ponder that. Your body, your human, is always in the present moment. Yeah, the physical body is always in the present moment. (laughs) Our thoughts, though, and our minds might be somewhere else. Yet that amazing body is always here and now. So part of the task of meditation practice is really to bring the body and mind together so that they are in the same place at the same time so they are working together harmoniously and so that they are not at odds with each other or going in terms of cross purposes. So when you meditate, it's not a matter of bringing your body to the mind. It's a matter of bringing your mind to your body so that the two can be together in harmony. So if you're sitting here and thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow, my friends, then your body is here yet your mind is in tomorrow. If you're sitting here thinking, how long is this episode of this podcast? (laughs) You are here, yet you're already at the end of the podcast, my friends. So if you're sitting here and thinking about what you're going to eat tonight or 
what's on television tonight at home. Then again, you're present, yet your mind is in another place. And it's all okay because in being here and being human, this is part of the experience. And part of that experience is the opportunity that you are such an amazing creator that you can, if you wish, retrain your brain. So it is really, in terms of mindfulness, it's an it's a important part for the purpose of mindfulness meditation to bring the body and the mind in harmony. So in meditation, we train the mind to come and be in the same place as the body. The body is an important help in this process because if you are connected to the body, you are in the present moment. Now, anytime we do mindfulness meditation, which is this very simple practice of noticing, we bring our attention to the experience living that experience, and registering what's here, what's happening in the here and now. If you are with your breathing, it's not only being with your breath, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. It's also letting the experience of breathing be registered in that experience. So, you are taking in the sensations of that experience in a deeper, fuller way. It's like if you were if you were at the beach or on the beach on a beautiful, amazing, sunny day. You're standing on the edge of the ocean and you're standing there and you take in the breeze, the smell of the ocean, the sight you really register the experience of being at the beach, on the beach, standing on the, sta standing on the sand. Maybe the water comes right over your feet. You're standing right at the edge of that ocean. And as you're standing there, you feel the connection to the sand. You feel the connection to the water, the ocean. You're smelling it. You're taking in the breeze. You're really registering the experience, you take it in. So in the same way, you sit with your breath and you take in the fullness of the experience of breathing in and breathing out, breathing in and breathing out. Now, what's often confused with mindfulness is the commentary, judgment, or there could be critiquing or evaluation of the experience. And um, that's part of, in terms of learning mindfulness, where you are, you learn in terms of how to label. So say if you're in the thinking mind, you label it as thinking mind and come back to your anchor, which you could be using your breath as your anchor. So... It happens in terms of like, there's, there can be a lot of commentary in our minds that could be integral to an experience we're having. And commentary can really influence the experience. So we may really be in some sort of benign situation and um, say someone walks in and we might have a judgment about that person like that person isn't happy and then all of a sudden so the commentary goes even if it's just a flip of judgment with no basis the commentary can really affect the way we see the person so the person in the commentary can become really entangled and that really goes the same for judgment about ourselves so we may follow a few breaths breathing in breathing out and then all of a sudden the mind may scramble and wander off and then there might be commentary commentary I'm a bad meditator meditator I wonder if I'm doing this right maybe meditation isn't for me so the commentary just may not be really so friendly to self it might be critical and then there can be a feeling of frustration we can get frustrated and then the thing is though we don't separate the fact that the breath is very simple 
The breath is simple. It's just the monkey mind got triggered and we got distracted. That's all that is. So it's this phenomenon that can happen in our minds where all of a sudden it, it's like your thoughts can just take you away and distract you. It's um, once one of my meditation teachers said, you know, during meditation, if you all of a sudden are, you know, breathing in, breathing out, following your breath in, following your breath out, and then next thing you know, you realize that your thoughts have taken you well into the future. She said, think of it as, you know, you're standing on a platform of a train station and a train comes by. Your thought is, your thoughts are the train. You ended up getting on the train and next thing you know, the train has taken you, you know, four train stations down. She goes, it's okay. Just simply get off the train and get back onto the train platform. And I thought that's just a really great way of understanding it. So if you are in meditation and you're focusing on, if your breath is your anchor, focusing on breathing in, breathing out, following your breath in, following your breath out, and next thing you know, a thought comes and the thought takes you away, just simply let yourself get off the train, come back onto the platform of the train station. It's all okay. The challenge is, is that we've just gotten so complicated with judgment and criticizing and evaluation. And so it can be really challenging with how much we can be caught in this entanglement of judgment. You know, wondering if you're doing it right, feeling nervous that you're not. Maybe meditation isn't for me. It doesn't work for me because I'm a bad meditator. I can't sit still. And unfortunately, my friends, no one has yet to discover a mute button for the mind, for that monkey mind. So it's really not easy to stop making the commentary and judgment, especially when you're just starting out and you've never practiced this. It's not like, I don't know about you, but when I went through K through 12, when I went through school, I wasn't taught meditation and how to retrain the brain and, and how to recognize if my monkey mind is super active. So one of the very important aspects of mindfulness meditation is just to allow yourself to welcome in the learning, be in curiosity, learning to recognize the commenting, judging and evaluating mind and becoming able to let yourself pull apart the commentary from the actual experience. And so again, as the example, if you're sitting in meditation and you're using the breath as your anchor, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, and then all of a sudden you have a comment, I'm, am I doing this right? I'm a bad meditator. My friends, that's, that's you want to pull apart the commentary from the actual experience. Because the actual experience, there is no judgment in it. It's in the isness. You're in the present, breathing in, breathing out. You want to pull apart the commentary and you want to release from that and come back into the present to focus on what you're in in the beingness, which is breathing in and breathing out. So... An important aspect of mindfulness meditation is to, in learning, to recognize the commenting, judging, evaluating mind and becoming able to pull apart the commentary from the actual experience. This is really crucial both for mindfulness meditation and really for the purpose of allowing yourself to be in the energy of freedom or sovereignty, what, what a lot of people are talking about right now. So it's really for the purpose of discovering your freedom because at times when you're caught in that monkey mind or going into the past or really far in the future, it can entangle you and then it can feel almost like suffocating energy. You feel like you don't have any freedom or it could also trigger feelings of just anxiety or um, fear, etc. And so 
distinguishing between what's happening in our interpretation of it, what's happening in our judgments of it, what's happening in the meaning we assign to it. That's another big one. Here is a meaning-making story that I really appreciate. Sylvia Borstein is a teacher at Spirit Rock, and many years ago, she decided she, she would do a personal retreat at San Francisco Zen Center. She, um, she decided she wanted to do it, and she wanted to spend a few days there. So she called up the office, and they said that the guest manager wasn't there right now. He'll call you back. So the guest manager called her back, and she wasn't home. He left a message saying, hey, this is the guest manager. Call me and we'll book your room. So she called back the Zen Center and the office stated that the guest manager wasn't in. So Sylvia said, I think this means I'm not supposed to come. And the Zen student at the office said, no, I think it just means Robert isn't in. She was making meaning out of it. And it was just that he wasn't in. They just kept missing each other. But she then was making meaning out of it. But it just meant he wasn't in. Very simple. It didn't mean that she shouldn't go. It just meant he wasn't in and they were missing each other. That was it. She was making meaning out of it. And that can happen. You know, we um, we can... You know, in terms of what's happening, and then we then try to make meaning. We assign meaning to it. So you also want to, you know, in your realization reflections, you want to look at that. And, you know, the movement toward meaning, you need to separate. You want to, what you really want is to release from that or in your reflections start to note it. You know, you may still be making commentary and judgments or making meaning of it, out of it, yet start to see it and understand that it's happening, yet not get caught in it. Let yourself release from seeing that as like the real picture. Realize there's a difference between what's happening and the judgments about what's happening, what's happening, and the thinking about what's happening, at least in principle, wanting to call in the wisdom and the understanding that mindfulness meditation is choosing really to not live in the thinking mind, in the commentary and judgment, yet instead to live in the awareness and the attention to what is happening. This is really the principle underlying all of this. And there's a choice being made in mindfulness meditation. No, you're not saying don't think. We're not saying don't live there. Don't get swept away in those thoughts. Let the attention be open and soft and relaxed. Allow yourself to have silent awareness like you would if you were looking at a beautiful sunrise or sunset at the beach. When you look at a beautiful sunrise or sunset at the beach, you don't think about the sunset or sun rising. You just take it in. You take it in. Thinking about it is not the sunrise or sunset. There's not much dis- there's not much thought really that goes into watching the sun rise or sunset. You participate in the beingness of it, in the presence of it. So it's not about not living in the thoughts, but really allowing yourself to take in the actual experience because you're present in your embodiment. Because remember your body's always present. So this is true with the body. So it's, it's then allowing yourself to begin to, through having a formal meditation practice and then 
then throughout the day, you'll have these tools to learn to support yourself to separate out the immediate experience from the interpretation, the judgment, the commentary. So this really makes it seem like meditation is very simple. It's just sim simply is what is here, simply what the experience is. And we're not getting really involved in the world of thinking and meaning making and judgment and analyzing and getting very complicated very quickly. It's seemingly that simple. Yet the reality of the practices, it can feel really challenging and difficult. And sometimes getting even myself to that meditation seat, whew, I tell you, resistance energy can come up. And, um, you know, and then when I, when I do practice mindfulness meditation, I can just tell, you know, if I haven't been practicing meditation for a while, my monkey mind might be very active. So our bodies are very important parts of who we are, parts of the human experience. There are certainly plenty of people who are disconnected from their bodies, and I definitely had moments of this, and I didn't even know that I was disembodied, disconnected from my body, until I really started using the tools and began to notice at times how unpresent I was in my mind, even though my body was present. And yeah, so there are plenty of us who have been disconnected from our bodies at different times. And there are some people that way because of their professions or lifestyles. Um, it could be you spend your whole work time thinking a lot at the computer a lot or because of the years and years and years of habit of not being connected to your body. Some people may disconnect from their bodies from psychological reasons. I, um, yeah, to be in their body, to be in their bodies may feel, means to feel all their feelings and they don't want to feel all their feelings. So they may disconnect from their bodies for psychological reasons. Perhaps there was trauma early in their lives or later in their lives. And so they disconnected and they don't want to touch into that part of their life. And that is completely understandable. And you bring compassion to yourself and to others because Sometimes the reason why can be really complicated. There could be a lot of different layers of things of the reasons why. And so for me, you know, I had, I had found my way to mindfulness a few times in my life, in my 20s, in my 30s, and then I started taking um, classes and I loved taking classes. It was really, you know, my first couple of meditation classes, it just was so amazing. And, um, and then I was practicing the tools for a long time. And then I had, I was working at the time in television. I was an executive producer and I was on the road a lot. And so some of my practice fell away and I was working seven days a week, long hours, long hours. Um, I don't know, sometimes 15 hours, sometimes 18 hours. It was, it was intense. And that wasn't even really, yes, part of the reason why that probably fell away some during some of my practice. Yet the bigger reason was, um, I had an experience where I was on a set and the showrunner, I was a consultant at the time, an executive producer consultant on a show and the showrunner, she had not slept in like three days and she was exhausted, stressed, tired. It was a brand new show that we were, um, that we were filming and, so in a new show, there's no 
you haven't really paved the way yet. There's no roadmap on how to do it. And so in TV, you know, that means then you're literally figuring out how to do it while you're filming it. Because it's one thing to have the plan on paper. It's another thing to actually actualize the plan in filming. And you're working with real people. So a lot of different elements come up. The network was there and there was a lot of pressure to have the show be done well, on time, on budget, et cetera, et cetera. And you have a lot of pressure to get the content. And so anyway, the showrunner was under a lot of pressure, hadn't slept, and um, did not have a practice on how to handle stress. And so I came into work and this person um, was actively in what I would say you could probably describe as a rage. She was extremely upset, agitated, and her she was she was yelling, and it was it felt energetically. It just feels it felt like a rage energy, and so I had just come in come on for my shift and I walked in and I just saw all these producers crying and I just thought oh maybe I can help with whatever is happening here let me go see if you know let me go check in and let her know that I'm here and also um, see if there's something that I can do because as a producer your job is to produce you produce you figure out you problem solve what's happening here how can I how can I help problem solve and so I went up and I just said hello I'm here just checking in is there something I can I don't even think I finished my sentence um I just remember her turning and just screaming 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 and I vividly remember disassociating and I then was in a disassociative state and I couldn't hear her speaking after that. She sounded like, um, she sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher. If you know that cartoon, it sounded like wah, 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 wah. And I couldn't understand what she was saying. It, it was like, it was like the language was not translating. It, it, it seemed, it, it was so confusing. It was so scary. And, um, you know, throughout my life, I've had just connections with, you know, with angels, spirit guides for highest good, and, you know, higher self, soul, whatever language you want to use. And I just remember my higher self coming in and just this connection of this download of this information, I just heard clearly turn around and go to the bathroom right now. And it was such a strong just voice coming in of clear direction. And because I was in such a panic, I, I couldn't figure out what was happening in that, that disassociation state. The voice came in and I just mumbled, I need to go to the bathroom. And I, I turned and as I turned, I could see the showrunner's face and I could see just that she was then even angrier at me she felt disappointed in me how could you and then of course then I felt guilty but I felt the push from um I just felt the push from my higher self and my angels um around me moving me through the set and yeah, I um looking back on it now, like I disembodied. I completely disembodied and after that experience I was not able to really practice mindfulness per se until I became reembodied because when you experience that level of trauma it feels really it feels really painful um in the reembodying process. So I had to actually practice, um, other styles of meditation. 
I, I did energy, energy healing work, um, Reiki energy healing meditations, as well as um, I did dousing energy healing sessions daily and kundalini meditations, um, chanting meditations were working with me. And then once I um, was able to get re-embodied, I was able to then sit in this in the silence again, in the stillness, and I was able to use then the breath as my anchor again. But it took a while, and um, when you are that, that really taught me though. It was it ended up becoming really beneficial for me because it taught me what happens when we become disembodied and what happens when um, we disassociate to that level of losing our presence like that. And also, it also taught me that in terms of always being protected and taken care of, even in that state of vivid confusion, I had so much protection of light around me and I was really um, just being guided and cared for. And so in that, in terms of my own practice of connecting in and um, understanding that it's all happening for me, I was really being cared for. And so that was the beginning of me really realizing though how important your body is in terms of your human experience. And I will also say it also taught me then in terms of anchors, I was able to use my breath as an anchor for many years in mindfulness. And then after that experience, um, when I was ready and able to, when I had healed enough of the trauma, I then was using um, the touch point as an anchor, which, you know, I would have a crystal in my hand and I would focus on the crystal being in my hand, how the crystal felt in my hand. And if any thoughts came in, I would note them as thinking and then come back to that feeling of touching the crystal. Or I would use a, um, a mudra, um, like Gyan mudra, where my, your um, thumb and your index fingers are touching. And I would focus on that point. Eventually, though, enough of the trauma healed and I was able to come back to utilizing my breath and coming full circle though I think for me I then had a greater appreciation of the breath and I think I didn't realize how much I was taking I was just taking it for granted this beautiful life force energy that we have all these years I was just taking for granted that it was just there when I needed it and not really acknowledging what an amazing gift that every second, like I'm breathing in, breathing out. This is life force, breathing in, and I get to release everything that no longer serves me on that out breath. How incredible. And it just really, that whole experience, even though it was, it was, it was extremely painful at the time, I look at it now as like, God, I was so, it's such a, beneficial highest good experience because it just it woke me up in so many different ways how I had been taking my body for granted how I had been taking presence for granted how I had been taking my breath for granted how I'd been taking my human just I just wasn't appreciating even my human I just was pushing it to the max I also too um well, you know, when you see someone else who's experiencing so much stress to the point that they're just in a in a situation of rage and they don't even understand what's happening probably and it's a probably a really painful experience for them as well as then just everyone around it's just it's just painful and I just I just it made me really look at the culture that I was living in and as much as I loved working in television love loved loved working in television I loved being a producer I loved being an executive producer I love 
creating TV shows. I love the process of creativity. And I was really good at it. But the culture, I don't know, the culture just did not fit with who I wanted to be or who I wanted to grow into. And, and I just, I think in my younger years as a producer, it's just different. When you reach that top of the mountain and you're up the ladder and you start to look around and see how things are being handled, I just wanted to live in more of a mindful way. And I wanted the experiences on and off set to be something that is more of joy or appreciation, gratitude, and, and fulfillment, like feeling good about, wow, I, I may have worked 80-hour weeks for months and months. I feel so great about this experience, though, and this team. Like, we did it. And people being lifted up instead of just pushed down. And so I just started seeing that the culture at that time in TV, the paradigm was this old paradigm where there was a certain way of people viewing how the work had to get done and also um, accepting that it's okay to scream at people at work. And for me, I just didn't want that to be a norm. And I not only did I not want it to be a norm for me anymore, being yelled at or bullied, I just, it was so incredibly sad to see so many people crying on set after being yelled at. And who knows, like in terms of that trauma, how people processed it or how many other people besides me disassociated on set. And the irony of it all was that show I was working on it was a therapy show. It was a therapy house reality show. So there were two therapists. There was an on-camera therapist that were pre was present and an off-camera present there when that happened. And they were in the corner. I remember seeing them before that moment of dissociation. I remember seeing them and them just watching. But because they were there to do a certain job, they, they didn't step in to like mitigate the situation and to help. I mean, after that, a situation like that, now looking back, because now I, I have all this, I've taken all these um, trauma certification classes and all this, all this trauma um, practitioner work that I've done really to help myself and then to help others to really understand what happened to me in that moment, I now look back and I think, wow, that moment should have been a moment where we probably should have um, shut down our set and everybody probably needed, um, there should have been a some sort of a trauma triage situation happening to help people through from what happened. It was that severe. Um, yet everybody just went on with work, you know, you can't really pretend it didn't happen. Your, your, um, your body is, your human body is probably in shock, shaking and fight, flight, freeze is probably happening. And, and a lot of other things is going, are probably going on, but in TV, in that system, you're just really taught that nothing matters more than the show. The show must go on. And so it's so embedded in you that you leave behind yourself. It doesn't matter what your human may or may not have, doesn't matter what your human may or may not have experienced. 
You know, the most important thing is the work, the show, the content, get it done. And there's so much fear that you're not going to get hired again in another show because it's the gig economy that you just do whatever it takes to get yourself to keep going. And so what suffers is your actual human, your body. Um, and so, you know, our bodies are these very important parts of who we are, parts of the human experience. And so it really, learning how to caretake for your human and your body, and by your human, I really mean it's like your mental body, your emotional body, your physical body, your spiritual body, like all your bodies. Yes, your physical body is present. Yes, your physical body is present. Caretaking for your physical body, but also caretaking for your other bodies. And for me, when that show that I worked on, that moment, that has been the last reality television show I have worked on. I walked away after that. And I really, it was, I walked away really because of me, for my self-love. It just wasn't something that was, I didn't want to be a part of, I just didn't want to be part of um, abuse. I don't want to be part of abuse. I didn't want to be part of witnessing bullying, being bullied, um, thinking that that's okay, thinking that making that a norm so I walked away and I really learned, I really learned about, I mean, I probably learned more about mindfulness in that moment because of that physical experience of the shock of the disassociation. And so now I, I, I look at it and I think I'm, it was for the highest good because the course that I was on, I just was overworking myself so much that I needed something to really wake me up and I needed it to be that big. So even the person that was in that experience of the rage, I have so much just compassion for her because that's a painful experience it was probably a painful experience for her. And I also have so much gratitude in the experience because it woke me up. And I'm really glad that I was able to really wake up. And that shock woke me up to really want to be more present, to be more embodied, and to just live a life that felt just more in, more in line with who I authentically am. And I also, I just learned to appreciate my human and my physical body. I wasn't appreciating my physical body. So all in all, you know, with mindfulness, it can just really support you in really connecting to your body. And for many people, it can be a slow training to really reawaken the body, to rediscover the body. The ability to sense what exists in the body becomes stronger and more heightened as we do practice meditation. Becoming present here and now is not just something we do with the mind. It really helps a lot if you show up with your body and to think about that when you sit down to meditation. You're not just checking out of your body in order to have some like amazing like, you know, experience, which that can happen in terms of spiritual experiences. You want to sit down and pay attention and sit in a way in which you show up with your body. Your body is a tremendous support for the practice of attention and awareness. 
if you show up in your body, you can sense the fullness of being in your body and feel here I am. You feel solid, connected, and rooted. There's a visualization that's done in meditation circles where you visualize yourself as a mountain. It works well if you sit cross-legged, the kind of rooted solid here, here you are. And the mind may wander away sometimes to other places. And the idea is not to just come back and pay attention to here, but to come back and feel here, connected here, rooted here, to feel present here, to feel in your body here. And it's a slow process for many people, but over the months and years as you do this meditation, you'll probably find that your body will become more and more, more and more awake, more and more the source of the wisdom, understanding, love, and compassion Many of the qualities of the human being come through being embodied. And if we're not embodied, it's really difficult to have some of the best of what is human come through us. Yeah. So being embodied benefits of mindfulness of the body. Mindfulness of the body has several benefits. First, cultivating mindfulness of the body increases our familiarity with our bodies, with how our body responds to our inner and outer lives, to our thoughts, emotions, to the events around us. The Buddha saw the human mind and body as unified. And when we suppress or ignore aspects of our emotional, cognitive, and aspects of our lives, we tend to also disconnect from the body from the physical manifestation of our experience. And when we distance ourselves from our physical experience, we lose touch with our inner life of emotions and thoughts. The awakening of the body from within that comes with mindfulness can help us discover not only our repressed emotions, but also, more importantly, a greater capacity to respond to the world with healthy emotions and motivations. Second, in cultivating mindfulness, we're developing non-reactivity, including the ability to be present for our experience without turning away, habitually seeking or resisting change or clinging to pleasant and avoiding unpleasant experiences. All too often, our automatic desires, aversions, preferences, and judgments interfere with our ability to know what is actually happening. Learning to not respond automatically and unconsciously makes possible a deeper understanding of the present moment and our reaction to it and gives us more freedom to choose our response. Being non-reactive, being non-reactively present from our physical experience goes a long way in learning to do so with the rest of our lives. And last but not least, Mindfulness of physical sensations helps us both to relax tension and to understand its causes. And this in and of itself is so beneficial for us, my friends. So that is mindfulness of the body. So I definitely would encourage all of you to check in with yourself and to start noticing how often your mind is present with your physical body. Check in on your embodiment. It really does make a difference in your quality of your life. And when you start to learn how to really embody the light of the truth of who you are and stay present, it is so amazing. And even though I loved my career in television, I loved being a producer, I loved the whole experience in a lot of ways. And I'm grateful for all the experiences that may have not felt so great because it has just led me here. And I just have such a deep appreciation and gratitude for this life, for this physical body of mine. And 
I really understand the mindfulness of it now. You know, I was yesterday I was eating an apple and as I was eating it, I just was really focused with it, tasting it, being in the experience of being present while eating an apple. And years ago, I would have just not even, I would have just been trying to eat it to gulp food down. And now I just was eating an apple. That's all I did was mindfully eating an apple. And so the quality of my life has so changed. And for the most part, I just feel this great peace, this great inner peace. And I feel so grounded and aligned more than ever. And there's just a joy in feeling this level of peace and groundedness and alignment. I feel good. I feel okay. And when you've gone through traumatic states where you don't feel okay and not knowing if your nerves are ever going to reset, can't even tell you how amazing it is to be in this place and just feel so good. And I share that because I know I, a lot of my clients may be in a place where they're just not they may not be able to see the light at the end at the tunnel coming in through the tunnel yet. And I'll just say, my friends, there is light. There is light. And if I manage to find the light in the darkness that I was in, you too can find the light. You too can become re-embodied. It is possible. And I just encourage you to use the tools and also be okay with if some tools worked during one part of your life, be okay to excavate and bring on new tools. And then maybe you'll be able to go back to those other tools. I look at it as having a tool belt and around the tool belt, I have different tools that work different times. The first one though is really learning how to become re-embodied so you can be present. And so I encourage you, I encourage you to look into mindfulness meditation. I do have some mindfulness meditations on in my podcast, and there's a lot of great apps. One of the apps that I use is Insight. I use the Insight app. They have great mindfulness meditations. Um, I also, Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield have a lot of great meditations. And there's a lot of amazing mindfulness meditation teachers out there. And feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to um, I'm happy to also share other resources as well. And that's the thing is having resources, being able to resource and have tools can just support your human really shifting into an alignment for whole health for your highest good. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and thank you for being on this journey with me. Please feel free to reach out. You can find me at inspiringyou.co on social media. Also, that is my website name too. So let me know if you have any questions or if you have any story shares with me. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much. Love, light, and Reiki blessings, everyone.